Alright guys, another episode of uh, Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Welcome to episode 26. Another edition of our Weeknight Chronicles. Jared Atkins uh, flying solo tonight. Whereas uh, no Kurt Kelly in the house. Kurt had a bit of a personal emergency come up. But no worries. Puss will be back with us next week. I am doing this mobile tonight. I was just lazy, didn't want to dig out all of the nice expensive audio equipment that we use. So uh, we're going to go mobile tonight. Cell phone earbuds right here on the Podbean app instead of using any of my pod tracker equipment. And uh, there's a lot to talk about without there being a lot to talk about. So, (laughs) And uh, just to piss Kurt off since he bailed on me. Just kidding, puss. Just kidding. He had a, he had a real serious uh, personal emergency come up. He left work early today. Everything's checked out. He, God willing, will be back tomorrow. But just just to stick it in his ass, because we never, ever talk soccer on this this episode. And, uh, you know, these you know the, the whole point of these uh, weekly episodes is just to get a little bit mo- more mileage out of the podcast, which we've been doing here pretty rigorous the last two to three weeks, but, uh, these episodes are kind of for storytelling purposes or recaps of events and, and whatnot. And, uh, we're going to talk a little soccer because, uh, there was a world record attendance for a women's soccer match that was set, uh, earlier today while it was on the other side of the world at night, uh, Barcelona, Barcelona played in the Champions League quarterfinal against Real Madrid and 91,553 people filled that stadium. 91,553 to watch a women's soccer match. The previous record for a women's game, I uh, I checked it earlier, was like 90,000. And some change, and that was uh, that was twenty three years ago, twenty four years ago. That was the World Cup final between the United States and China. And if you remember, I vaguely remember this was held at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. So, uh, yeah, I'm not really gonna not really gonna elaborate anymore. We don't really talk soccer, but Barcelona usually plays their home games. Uh, and I think the attendance for those is, is somewhere in the neighborhood of like five to eight thousand. It's not a real big stadium, but I mean, for whatever, whatever ninety, you know, yeah, that's 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 impressive. So there's that. Just laughing, thinking because if Kurt was on the other end of the phone. So the format for these episodes here is since they're weeknight episodes, will they'll never they'll never be together. Whereas the majority of our episodes were always together in person, but here with time constrictions in the winter that you know we just went through, we did a lot of remote episodes. But these episodes will all be remote. The, these episodes, this form type of format here, but it's just funny because I know whether if he would be on the phone or I'd be talking about this at his house or my house if we was in person. He'd be rolling his because we we just don't talk soccer. We're not soccer fans. Nothing against soccer. It is a real sport. 
to the world. It's just not my sport. So, but yeah, that's, that's, that's impressive. That's set a mark. Something I did want to talk about, uh, was the news that came out Sunday or Monday and Kurt and I talked about this briefly at work and that was Pujols coming back to St. Louis. For those that don't know or haven't heard or whatever, Albert Pujols signed a one-year deal to come back to St. Louis. I didn't bother to check any of the financials of it or any of the terms of the contract because, to be honest, I really don't care. Never been a Cardinals fan. Everybody around here is all Cardinals fans or Reds fans or Cubbies fans or Yankees. Everybody's a Yankees fan across the world. But, uh, I mean, I, I, to me, a one-year deal coming back, I think Pujols is done after this year. It's just fitting. He's To me, it, to me with it being a one-year deal, he comes back to St. Louis and he's going to retire. Now, I don't know if any words come out about that yet. I haven't looked at it. I haven't checked it. I guess that's kind of my job when I'm running the podcast, giving you guys info and intel and updates. But uh, to me, a one-year deal, he's coming back, plays the season, retires as a St. Louis Cardinal. But that brings up what Kurt and I talked about as Pujols, a Hall of Famer. Yes. First ballot. If he's not, there's something wrong. You know, Kurt and I talk, we talk everything on this, on this podcast, all sorts of sports. And, you know, we've had a handful of bonus episodes and episodes from our, uh, steel toe side of things where we talk about stuff that's not sports related. But, uh, we've, we've really kind of made baseball our bread and butter. And you guys have heard me talk about the feedback that we get from you guys, the few that reach out, which we always appreciate. You've heard me talk about the analytics and the statistics on the business side of things. And I can see all the streams. I can see who listens. I mean, obviously, I don't know who in person, but I can see where they're listening from, how long they listened, when they listened, what app or whatever, how they were getting the podcast, how they were streaming it, I should say. Our baseball, our, uh, baseball, our baseball episodes seem to do the best, in particular, the World Series episodes. Now, we've talked a lot of baseball, but we've done some baseball episodes that weren't World Series. Um, so far, we've covered four World Series. We just we just pick random World Series, or if it's significant for the time, whatever. Uh, what Kurt and I have in the can coming up <clears throat> next weekend will be our first weekend together since Super Bowl weekend, where we've got together. That'll be our first full-length episode in a while. All the others have been just short episodes. Um, we're going to start on the top 25 point guards in NBA history. That's a big list. So we're the format I think we're going to do is I'm going to show up to Kurt's probably after I take the kids back that morning, that Saturday morning, cause it'll be on my overnight. Um, we're going to bang that episode out in two takes record half. And it'll go live that evening, that after nine. Then we'll record the second half and I'll wait a week to release it, the part two. After that, we're going to jump back into a baseball episode. And with the news about poo holes, that got, uh, Kurt got excited. I was going to say Kurt got excited about poo holes. 
Oh, God, I wish you were here. Can I put a laugh in about that? Saying Kurt got excited about poo holes. <laughs> I, I can. I can. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, can I get a clap? Can I get a clap for that? Oh, thank you, thank you. Hey, hey, people. You're far too kind. You're far too kind. You're far too kind. Oh, I can't stop it now. I have way too much fun. He's going to kill me when he hears this. Though with the news about Pujols coming back to St. Louis, Turk got awful excited. And uh, we we immediately, uh, it was shortly before lunch break, Monday afternoon, we immediately started talking about the 2011 World Series. Seven-game series, Texas Rangers, St. Louis Cardinals. And... You know, I always reference that uh, that ESPN list that came down after the 2020 World Series where they ranked every one, and that one's in the top five, top ten. And if you Google top ten, top 20 World Series, top five, that one's usually in one of those lists. It was a great World Series for what it was. Uh, Albert Pujols played a big part in that. Of course, if I'm not mistaken, he would leave, and in 2012 was when he would debut with the Anaheim Angels. So that, that, I mean, that's, that's a hell of a lot of ridiculous backstory information there just to tell you about an upcoming episode, but we don't really follow formulas very well here. <laughs> um, and of course my show, I'm uh, flying solo tonight, so I'm going to dominate how I want to dominate. Let's talk a little professional wrestling. I, I can already hear the sound of people turning their volumes down or pausing the app right now, but this is coming up to be, this is a, this is a huge weekend in pro wrestling, uh, a very huge weekend. It's WrestleMania season, baby. Uh, this is start. It's, it's WrestleMania week. It's WrestleMania weekend. Uh, that's the biggest show of the year in the sport of professional wrestling. Ever since COVID hit in 2020, WrestleMania has now been on two nights. Personally, I'm not a fan. I like the old school five, six hour pay-per-view extravaganza. Uh, but for whatever reason, they're, they're running it on two nights now. So it's on Saturday night, and Sunday night. Of course, uh, their third brand, their developmental brand, NXT has their big show. Uh, Friday night, SmackDown. Of course, they just had Monday night raw. Uh, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony this year, which, uh, the, uh, headlining act for the Hall of Fame induction, of course, the greatest character in the history of the wrestling business, a guy that had a huge impact on my life, uh, The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, going into the Hall of Fame, deservedly so, rightfully so, but, uh, he's also going to be joined by, uh, a posthumous induction of uh, Leon White, better known as Big Van Vader. Guy's 400 pounds and can do a moonsault off the top rope. That's just fucking scary. 400 plus pounds to fly off top rope like a 175 pound cruiserweight like Rey Mysterio. Absolutely amazing. But of course, there's jam-packed cards, and I'm not going to go through the whole card. I'm not going to do all that to you and make you suffer through that, but just know that not only on WrestleMania is it WrestleMania, but, but for the last 
I don't know, six, seven, eight years I can really remember. WrestleMania weekend has been filled with many other shows put on by many other promotions. Most of the time, they're independent shows. Nobody's really had the balls to go toe-to-toe on WrestleMania weekend until now. Uh, the alternative to WWE in the last two, almost three years now, has been the emergence of AEW, All Elite Wrestling, which is owned and ran by Tony Khan, the son of Jacksonville Jaguars owner Shad Khan. Uh... And he uh, recently purchased Ring of Honor, which if you don't know anything about Ring of Honor Wrestling, I urge you to take a look. Some of the best memories of uh, my teenage years growing up were watching this little bitty, quote-unquote, indie darling fed based out of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Many, many current WWE, past WWE, and current AEW stars got their feet wet in Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor took a hiatus. I want to say back in January, December, they had their last show, and uh, Tony Khan purchased it, and he's bringing it back, and uh, we have Supercard of Honor going on on Friday night, I do believe. So it's it's going to be an illustrious pay-per-view event. I'm sure you can stream it on Fight TV. I will be checking it out as I am a as most people have seen on my Facebook, I'm very active on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at the Atkins Asylum. You know, like the inmates room, the asylum, the Atkins Asylum on Twitter. I contribute a lot for Bodyslam.net, which covers a lot of pro wrestling, boxing, and MMA news. I know the guy that founded Body Slam. I've known him for 18 years. We used to uh, e-fed together. Just kind of like fantasy wrestling. You have fantasy football. This was fantasy wrestling, only it's a lot different. Uh, I've come on board as a contributor for them, and being a contributor for them, I get uh, perks and and things. I get access to to uh, pay-per-views um, at a discounted buy rate. I get a break news. I can do interviews. I can attend indie shows. I'll be attending w- WWF Monday Night Raw in... May from the Ford Center in Evansville. Of course, I couldn't get a comp on that. I had to pay for that ticket. But uh, still got great seats. We'll be not far from the ramp with a great view of the ring. So, But at any rate, I just want to mention that. I don't want to run down the, the whole card. Although I will mention one thing that is going down on the card. Two things I do want to mention about WrestleMania before we, we, we segue away from that is, uh, you guys know how I feel about the Paul brothers, Jake and Logan Paul, Jake, uh, no Logan, excuse me. Logan Paul is going to be involved in WrestleMania. <laughs> Logan has done bit pieces here with the WWE in the past. He's going to be involved in a match with, uh, the Miz teaming up, I think against the Mysterios, the father and son team, Ray and Dominic. Which is pretty cool, by the way, uh, to see a guy I've watched since 1995 in ECW, Rey Mysterio, go on to be in his 40s. Got to be in his late 40s now. I mean, I'm 34. Um, Rey's teaming with his son. And uh, 
it, it's it's PR for WWE. It's a good move. It's bringing a different set of eyes that might not normally watch the product to it. So, you know, Logan Paul is going to be in there. He's going to be a part of WrestleMania. So that's that's all well and fine. And the other thing I want to talk about real fast before we segue is uh, the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Kurt and I have talked about this. I've mentioned this on Facebook for those of you that personally follow me on Facebook. The two biggest stars in the history of the wrestling business are always going to be Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin. Hogan in the 80s, Austin in the 90s. I don't give a fuck about the 2000s or the 20 teens or whatever. The two biggest stars are always going to be Hogan and Austin. Nobody sold more merchandise. Nobody has sold more tickets. Nobody has sold more pay-per-views than those two guys. And I'm always going to make the argument that Austin's boom period in the 90s was bigger than Hogan's boom period in the 80s because of the angles Austin was running against the owner of the company, Vince McMahon, because that drew with every red-blooded... I mean, Hogan drew in the 80s. Every red-blooded American, Hogan stood for America, da-da-da-da-da. Austin drew in the 90s because what guy would not want to go to work... Sorry, Adam. What guy would not want to go to work every Monday morning, give his boss the bird, Kick him in the groin and give him a stone cold stunner. So, but Austin's coming back. Uh, he's going to be a part of WrestleMania. I'm a little bit pissed at the way they presented this because when they first talked about it, when the news first broke on social media for the first day or so, it was kind of, you were kind of led to believe it's going to be a match and Austin hasn't wrestled a match in 19 years. So I don't think it's going to be a match. Um, and if it is, it, it's starting off as an interview with a guy and then a ref might come down. There might be a stunner and a one, two, three. It's not at all going to be what we hoped it would be, but 19 years away, can't really blame the guy for not wanting to take the bumps. So, and then, uh, there was something else that, uh, I discovered yesterday Kurt wanted me to elaborate a little bit with him, and I just didn't get the chance. I don't have any of the contract details. I don't know any of the terms of agreement. I don't know if it's went through or if it's still pending, but the New Orleans Saints picked up quarterback Andy Dalton. Now, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see Dalton in that environment. I don't even think Dalton – did Dalton start a game in the league at all last year? I can't. I honestly can't remember. I'm drawing a blank. In the 2021 season, did Dalton start a game? I don't think he did. Anyways, um, I'm assuming New Orleans is probably pretty happy with Jameis. So, like I said, I didn't run down the article or anything. I'm going to assume... Dalton's probably coming in on a one or two year deal, probably to back up Jameis Winston. If Jameis falters, then they'll make the switch. But I've been high on Jameis. I was always high on Jameis. You know, him and Mariota back and forth, back and forth. You know, 2013 title game, Florida State, you know, whatever. Then they go one and two in the draft. I thought Jameis got a bad deal in Tampa. I like to see him get a second shot. But, you know, at this point, who really knows what's going on? 
All right, shifting gears here for a minute. I want to talk a little boxing because uh, I love boxing. Kurt does too. We miss you, puss. Wish you were here with us tonight. But uh, <clears throat> um, news broke a few days ago, and I was so amped up. Uh, but Well, before I get there. So probably my second favorite episode that we have done on this podcast was our first What If special. And to date, our only full-length What If episode. And that was Tyson versus Ali. And after this boxing news broke over the weekend, what I'm getting ready to tell you, Sunday night and Monday night both, I just got on YouTube and I watched some of Tyson's knockouts again. I watched uh, I watched Ali versus Liston one. I think I watched... And then I watched another Ali fight. What the hell did I watch? I think I watched Ali Frazier 2. Or maybe it was... Yeah, it was Ali Frazier 2. It just got me excited. I love boxing. I told Kurt, we're going to have to get some more boxing episodes in here. That's just... That's just the way it is. But anyways, uh, a, news, a news broke of a fight that's kind of been... Kind of been clamored for for a while, I should say. I love using the word clamor. But it's it's finally going to happen. Uh, it's for the Undisputed Lightweight Championship. It's going to be George Cambosa and Devin Haney. The fight's going to take place June 5th in Melbourne, Australia at Marvel Stadium. Uh, it's going to take place Sunday afternoon in Australia. That way... Because everything's dictated through the United States, it seems like. That way, we've got a primetime Saturday night fight in the United States. Now, Haney, you heard me mention last week, we were talking about Eddie Hearn's outfit. And I was correct when I said I couldn't remember Eddie's promotion. Eddie is for matchroom boxing. Uh, Haney's been climbing through the ranks in Vegas he did, he, his past six fights, he was promoted through matchroom boxing, Eddie Hearn's outfit. That deal has since expired. He's now signed to a multi-fight deal with Top Rank and Lou Diabella. And he's going to fight exclusively on ESPN platforms, or so they say. Um, now, Haney's, Devin Haney's only 23 years old. Got a killer hook. The... Anyways, getting on, going on. The the deal for this includes a rematch clause if Haney wins. Sources say now right now Haney's twenty seven and zero undefeated, fifteen knockouts. But in the event Cambosos wins, or in the event of a Camboso loss, I should say, he, and he exercises his right to return bite, that would fight would also take place in Australia. Now George Cambosos is uh, twenty and 0, 10 knockouts. Devastating son of a bitch. Uh, but even if Haney loses, though, his next bite going forward would be co-promoted by Top Rank and Diabella. Now, what's interesting about George Cambosis, he's he right now he holds all four of boxing's major san- sanctioning titles and the 135 pound weight class. You know, 
the WBA, WBC, you know, the, the four divisions, the sanctioning bodies in boxing. Uh, but uh, he needed an opponent for his first defense of his championship after the Ukraine guy, and I cannot remember his name, uh, Vasily. I can't remember Vasily's last name. I'm sitting here with dead air, drawing a blank. But anyways, Vasily went home to be part of this Ukraine-Russia thing rather than head into a training camp. He had, agreed, he had agreed to the deal before Russia invaded Ukraine. Then after officials and boxing sanctioning bodies were informed that Vasily was staying in Ukraine, talks resumed before a Cambosis Haney bout. Uh, Diabella, who promotes for Cambosis, couldn't reach a deal with Dazen, D-A-Z-N, big boxing network. Fight Network. He couldn't get a deal with him streamed about, so he pivoted back towards ESPN with Haney as the opponent. Um, anyways, Cambosis. Uh, I just drew a blank. Lost my train of thought. I get excited when I talk about boxing. Like I do wrestling. Cambosis won all four belts back in November. I think it was. Anyways, it was. ESPN called it one of the upsets of the year. Uh, he, but anyways, excuse me. Holy shit, I just burped on air. That was embarrassing. But anyways, this is going to be a well look, a good fight. Can't wait to see it. Uh, Haney's not much of a power puncher. He's kind of more smooth in the ring. He's got he's got jabs. He's good defensive. Uh, so, so it's going to be interesting. Um, trying to think if I have anything else about that. I should be doing this with my equipment hooked up to the computer. Instead, I was lazy, and we're doing everything mobile tonight. Okay, but one other thing about boxing, I want to talk about pivoting away from that class to the heavyweight class. Um, they news come out yesterday, uh, for the heavyweight division, the world heavyweight champion, Alexander Usyk's rematch with Anthony Joshua, who Joshua is just a fucking beast is likely to go down. It'll go down in June, probably with Saudi Arabia, which, you know, me I always get a pro wrestling reference in there. I'll, 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 connect the dots to Saudi Arabia pro wrestling in a heavyweight boxing fight here in a few minutes. Uh, Yusek beat Joshua back in September. That was when he seized the WBA, WBO, IBF, and IBO belts. Now following, here we go again, following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Yusek returned to his home of Ukraine to join a defense battalion this has kind of left everybody wondering what the fuck's going to happen now with this Anthony Joshua rematch because you're leaving money on the table. That was a fight that was talked about that was that to my knowledge did a pretty big pay-per-view buy rate uh millions of dollars. Uh but now within the last few days ESPN's come out saying that there will be a fight that will take place this summer. Uh 
Saudi Arabia is, I don't, I don't want to say lobbying, but Saudi Arabia is under discussion at the moment, according to U6 promoter. He would go on saying, quote, and I wrote this down here. It's, uh, wrote this down at my desk today. It says, late June is the timing we are considering now. Many things will depend on how fast we manage to ink the papers. The good thing is that Yusik is already in Europe to get ready to start preparation and head to camp. This was after uh, the Ukrainian sports minister has gave Alexander Yusik permission to leave the country to go back to fight. And this is where things get interesting. Because the winner of this fight, come June... Could be in line, the rumor mill churns, for a unification bout with the WBC heavyweight champion Tyson Fury, who, by the way, Tyson is fighting Dylan White uh, on the 23rd of next month at Wembley Stadium. That's going to be fucking huge. Everybody loves Tyson Fury, and I'm no different. But now, getting away from that, why I said this is funny with Saudi Arabia, is uh, the <laughs> gotta love that blood money, dog. That's that's the joke. Uh, Saudi Arabia has paid out tremendous, tremendous amounts of money uh, in recent years for combat sports and sports entertainment. Uh, WWE went to Saudi, didn't go back for a little while. Now they're going back to Saudi. The people in charge of Saudi Arabia, the, the princes and prime ministers and presidents and kings or whatever it is, I don't understand the lineage there in the pecking order. They pay astronomical amount of money to bring this stuff in. I have no doubt in my mind that if Saudi is being considered, it's because Saudi Arabia is clamoring for that. Because the, you know, some people will travel over there to go see that fight. It's going to bring attention to Saudi Arabia. So, uh, good for them. Good for boxing, though. It's, it's good to see. In the last, man... In the last 10, 20, I re, to me, in my opinion, really, since Lennox Lewis stopped boxing, man, had a lot of news about boxing. In the last 20, well, that was 2002. I was eighth grade freshman in high school. Tyson versus Lennox Lewis at the Pyramid in Memphis. I mean, it was one of the biggest boxing fights in history. High gate, high pay-per-view buys. But to me, in the last 20 years or so, there ain't been a whole lot of boxing talked about. And it's good to see boxing still have a place. You know, it, it's all MMA now. That's all everybody wants to talk about. And I'm no different. I love MMA. But it's nice to see boxing kind of starting to get a little bit of its shine back. And I promise you, I'll pull rank on Dirty Curdy if I have to. He's not here. I promise you, without a doubt, we will have some more boxing on this show. Eventually, because everybody loves boxing. Thank you. That's a hot take, ladies and gentlemen. That is a hot take. Thank you. Thank you. You people are far too good to me. I swear. Oh, what else we got? What else we got? Look at my list here. So this is what I started doing um, throughout the day. If I have an idea, I'll go to my desk and jot it down super fast. And usually it's just a couple of words because I'm in a hurry. Uh, John Fox hired by the Colts. Oh, yeah. So I don't, I didn't, man, I've been busy, okay? Get off my back. I've been busy. Let me, uh, man, can I pull up Google on my phone while I'm recording? 
I don't fuck it. Uh, anyways, um, John Fox is coming back in to coaching. John Fox was hired by my Colts, which is awesome. Uh, he's going to be, I don't know if he'll be on the defensive coaching staff or if he will just be in a contribution role. Either way, John Fox is one of the best coaches, defensive minded coaches. I never had a problem with John Fox. Uh, so I'm excited to hear that. Uh, that that's really good. Uh, I guarantee you Darius Leonard is probably super happy about that. And another piece of Colts news that I did not look up, but I had just seen it in Twitter on Twitter this afternoon. I think there it's either going to happen or it's in the process of happening. And that's uh, Tyreek Glenn being inducted in the Colts ring of honor. And I'm telling you right now what Tyreek Glenn meant anchoring that that left side of that line protecting Peyton Manning for all those years. We love you, Tariq. What else are we missing here? Well, I guess it's still March Madness, so we can address the small elephant in the room. Or, I guess, the big elephant in the room. Sorry, I'm still thinking with WrestleMania blinders on. But uh, the final, final Four weekend is here this weekend, too. Uh, Saturday night, two-seeded Villanova versus one-seeded Kansas. Two legendary coaches, two guys that know how to coach. I love watching their teams play. Jay Wright with Villanova and Bill Self. I'm a Bill Self guy. Uh, two seed of Villanova, one seed of Kansas. Tip off will be six six thirty Saturday night. Villanova's four zero against the spread right now in the tournament. Uh, since 2016, Villanova is 20 and three outright and 19 and four. Against the spread in the NCAA tournaments. This, I copy and pasted a screenshot of this. Uh, if I got any other stats. Jay Wright himself is 7 and 1 against Bill Self against the spread. And 4 and 3 outright as an underdog. So he's kind of some betting odds. You want to make wager a little money. Uh, it's not important, I guess, though. And then, of course, the big one, late Saturday night, that everybody's going to watch. Uh, Eight-seeded North Carolina versus two-seeded Duke. Could be Coach K's final game if they don't make the tournament, or the tournament, fuck, they're already in it. If they don't make the championship game. Uh, a lot of people were posting on social media, friends of mine, on my Facebook, and then, of course, everybody is a Twitter warrior and keyboard warrior. Everybody's chiming in about how ESPN and all the networks sure love Duke and North Carolina, and, you know, they they want their money because it's a money match. And, and look, man, I'm going to nip this shit in the bud right away. Um, I have always said, and you can go back and search both my Facebook's accounts, the original one, that I got locked out of in 2019. You can search the new and you can search my Twitter. You might even be able to dig up my old MySpace if you search hard enough. The top five rivalries in sports, right in there at number two or number three, I always put Duke versus North Carolina. That's not a regional thing to me. That's not a national thing. That's a worldwide rivalry. That is one of the top five rivalries in all of sports. Duke versus North Carolina, the tobacco world rivalry. How many miles separate these schools? Isn't it something like 20 miles, 30 miles, 40 miles, 50 miles? Some, some, isn't it something like under 100 miles? This is one of the premier rivalries in sports. 
I'm always going to put Boston versus New York, any sport at any level, collegiate or pro, Boston versus New York is always going to take number one. Number two, Duke, North Carolina. Three, Lakers, Celtics. Four, Bears versus Packers. And then when you finish out, round out the top five, there's a lot you could throw in there. Michigan and Ohio State. If you really want to be a homer like I am, Indiana versus Purdue, the battle of the old oaken bucket. But anyways, I love the battle of bluegrass, Kentucky versus Louisville. That one might be a regional thing. Who knows? But anyways, you get where I'm going with this. This is going to deliver huge ratings, a lot riding on this game. The only thing that sucks is that, uh, you know, could be Coach K's last game. But if it is, it's been a hell of a run. There'll never be another coach like Mike Kachetsky ever again. I don't think there will be. Uh, definitely going to be awesome. I would love to tune in and watch it, but, uh, you know, it's WrestleMania night one. I work for body slam on the side. That's kind of my thing. So, but, uh, final predictions. I want to see Jay Wright go. Not that I don't love Bill Self, a Kansas Duke. Championship game would be awesome, but I really want to see Villanova versus Duke. I really do. Because I love Jay Wright. I love Villanova. So, yeah. You know, I take it back. The only thing that made this better, this Duke-North Carolina game, is if Roy Williams, you know he'll be there. You know he'll be there in the stands. But regardless, you know. I'd like to talk about my Philadelphia Phillies for a minute. Uh, I don't talk about them often, to be honest. There ain't been a whole lot to talk about in the last few years. <laughs> but um, I didn't mention it last week just because, you know, Kurt had a bailout early with his dad coming for an impromptu visit. But Nick Castellanos um, signed with the Phillies, signed a five-year I think it was roughly about a hundred and I don't remember the exact numbers, hundred something million dollar contract for five seasons. Uh, that's pretty tremendous for the simple fact that, you know, he's coming and they just added Kyle Schwarber, uh, I'm trying to think last season, I think he went yard 30 something times. I don't know the offhand amount. Uh, he was playing for the Cincinnati Reds. I could be wrong. I think, I think he was batting over 300. I think he was batting probably like 308, maybe. I know he had to be at least 80 RBIs, if not a hundred. Uh, last year, especially with the addition of this podcast and as much baseball as we talk, it, it started to make me a better baseball fan again. So uh, I have some high hopes for this Phillies team this year. I haven't talked about them. I mean, I still have one or two Phillies hats I wear, but 
I'm having high hopes because in comes Kyle Schwarber, however you feel about him and what he's did in the past. You know, he's he's been solid. Castellanos is coming in. And we've already got Bryce Harper. And believe me, I I tooted my horn pretty big time when Harper signed a couple years ago. Uh, so I should have really looked up Cassiano's career stats before I started, but he's got to be, he's got to be averaging three bills or under just under for his career so far. He's played with the Cubs. He's played with the Reds. And if I'm not mistaken, he came in as a Detroit Tiger. Uh, or was it a Seattle Mariner? Somebody, somebody fucking hit me. Somebody at me here. I think he come in with part of the Mariners. But anyways, uh, and, and you know, we're in the hands of Joe Girardi. <laughs> so I was never a Joe Girardi guy. When he was with the Yankees, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I have high hopes for this team this year, and that's probably where I'm fucking myself. I should probably never, ever say that I have high hopes for this team, but who knows, you know, maybe it'll surprise us. Uh You know what? Now that I think about it, I think it was the tie. I hate when I dead air when I have to think for a minute. I really should have my fucking laptop and my equipment. Uh, I think that Dabrowski was the general manager for Detroit. So I'm pretty sure Castan Castellanos went through Detroit when he started his career. I think anyways, it don't, I mean, it don't fucking matter. We're just talking, but, uh, anyway, so five years, hundred million dollars. We'll see what that money's going to do, but it was funny. It, it was kind of funny though, because I remember, uh, pulling up my MLB app about two weeks ago or so. And, uh, they had the article there about Bryce Harper coming out publicly saying that, he wanted the team to add another big bat. Well, here you potentially have two more big bats added in, the Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber. So now if you guys are loading up the batting order here, bolster the bullpen or arm barn for PETA. PETA doesn't like bullpens. It's got to be called arm barns. But let's make something fucking happen. Let's make something happen. We was on a run there. In the in the mid to late part of the of the new millennium into the early twenty tens, you know, we were on a run of dominance there. We dominated the NL East. Let's let's get back to that. We have not, let's get back to that. Um, nothing breaks my heart more than still to this day thinking how we can blow out and win the World Series in 08. And I would have gave 
anything to win that series in 09 against the Yankees. And we just couldn't fucking deliver. So let's, let's, the pieces are coming together. Girardi makes it. Let's see. Let's, let's make something happen. Like I can't say that enough. Let's make something happen. So we already talked about Logan Paul earlier. So I want to address, I want to address the other Paul brother, the younger brother, arguably the more famous brother. If you don't know anything about these Paul brothers, Logan and Jake Paul, just Google them. They're famous for literally being famous. And now because they're famous, they're super famous. And uh, Jake Paul, Has been, I guess, trying to convince Mike Tyson's camp to have Mike come out of retirement to have a fun fight. Jake Paul wants to box Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is 56, 57 years old. Tyson fought Roy Jones Jr., for those of you that might remember, in an exhibition match in 2020, but Jake Paul has reportedly told Tyson numerous times that he would bulk up to fight the heavyweight. Uh, so far, Jake Paul has like five wins against, you know, MMA guys and basketball players and internet personalities. And Tyson's been stand fast um, or steadfast. I should say that he is not going to do this. He's not going to come out of retirement for him to even do it. It would take a significant amount of money to do it like $300 million, $200 million to which uh, Jake Paul has been talking about, you know, if Tyson would come out of retirement, that is a two or $300 million event. Easy. Uh, and it, it probably is. That's probably not a lie. Uh, so, but it it doesn't stop there with Jake Paul. So to tell you this, I guess we have to address the real elephant in the room that I wasn't even going to bring up. And that was the shit that happened at the Oscars the other night with Will Smith. Smacking the ever-loving fuck out of Chris Rock. Uh, hey, you know me. I'm the pro wrestling guy. I get a pro wrestling reference in there. In the world of pro wrestling, there's there's a lot of terms inside jargon. The lingo. And two of those words in the lingo are work and shoot. A work means you uphold the illusion. A work means that it's it's planned, it's staged. Everything goes the way it's supposed to go. Everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. A shoot is something where things go off script. It wasn't planned. It wasn't staged. It's real. It's legit. Somebody cuts a shoot promo, that's them talking, not the character. When somebody actually loads up their fist and punches somebody in the fucking nose for real, that's a shoot. That ain't work. 
So as all this shit went down, and I've seen the clips millions of times like everybody, I have been adamant 100% that what we saw go down Sunday night at the Oscars after Will Smith went up on stage and smacked the fuck out of Chris Rock for making the joke about Jada Pickett being in G.I. Jane 2, you know, due to her hair loss and shaving her head, the alopecia and everything. A lot of people are like, wow, what just happened? I believe this was a work. This was not a shoot. This wasn't real. This was 100% a work. Not only were they're Hollywood actors, this is what Hollywood does. But are you telling me in an event setting like that on national TV, primetime TV, whatever the fuck it was, primetime networks, whatever, however, that an actor goes up on stage and slaps a guy? They're going to keep filming, and then as Will Smith is yelling off camera expletives, they're not going to, they're going to, the guy running the production truck, the cameras, the guys in the truck controlling show are, go tight on Will Smith, go tight on Will's face right now, go tight on Will's face right now. So they're going to fucking do a zoom up of watching him fucking cuss the guy. No, fuck no, they're not. They're going to cut to commercial, they're going to cut... The mic off, they're going to cut a different camera angle. Are you fucking, you're higher than giraffe pussy. That wasn't real. Higher than giraffe pussy. You ever seen the pussy on a giraffe? It's pretty sky high up there, ain't it? Higher than giraffe pussy. It is a complete work. That's where I'm sticking with. That's my opinion. There's a lot of people, especially guys in the pro wrestling business too. Man, they come out of the woodwork tweeting just like I did. But regardless, I'm willing to accept the fact that I could be wrong. I'm willing to accept the fact that this could have been a shoot. That this could have been completely unprecedented. Anyways, this is about Jake Paul, right? Well, Jake, seeing the opportunity to be Jake... Always hustling, promoting, and doing anything he can to draw attention to himself. After this shit all went down, of course, other celebrities and comedians and everybody decided to throw their two cents in. Well, so did Sal. Everybody knows Sal from Practical Jokers. Sal put out a tweet on social media basically talking about the over-under on how much would Jake Paul offer to get Chris Rock and Will Smith for a boxing pay-per-view. Jake Paul will then retweet it with, I got 15 million for Will Smith. I got 15 million for Chris Rock ready to go. He would then send another tweet, you know, several hours later going, somebody get me on the phone with Will Smith's boxing representatives ASAP. Everybody thought it was a joke, but apparently Jake Paul's really trying to, to make this happen. Uh, I hate these Paul kids, man. They're famous for being famous. They're famous for these are the type of these are the type of people that my kids watch. My ten year old, he will, and my and my eight year old, they want to be YouTubers. This is because and this is what these fucking kids were famous for. Does everybody remember Vine? Go back about twelve years ago. Does everybody remember Vine? That's where they first got their start. Logan and Jake, and then Jake goes on to work for Disney. Logan does YouTube movies and. Anyways, it's just, 
yeah, dumb. <laughs> but oh god, I think that's about it for tonight. I mean, there's news everywhere. We ain't really talked about any hockey. I mean, there's always news, but I'm just kind of picking out things that I really want to talk about. It just sucks. I don't have Kurt. There, there is a, a little bit more combat news, uh, UFC news. I just want to mention because I hate the Diaz brothers with the passion. Uh, Nick and Nate. I actually like Nate a little bit better than I do Nick. Nick's just an arrogant fuck. He's stocked in California boys and their egos and their attitudes, but I can actually tolerate Nate a little better than Nick. But uh, I guess over the weekend, uh, Nate Diaz publicly requested to be released from his exclusive UFC contract. Uh, Diaz is about 36. Still got some meat left on the bones for fighting. But I guess he 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 requested it on social media, which takes balls, takes a lot of gall. Uh, and he would tag the UFC itself. He would tag Dana White. And he would tag one of the the uh, CFOs and CBOs of the UFC, Hunter Campbell, basically saying, quote, I would like to be released from the UFC. I apologize for asking a lot online, but you don't give me any fights and I have shit to do. Uh, Diaz representatives would then, um, you know, I guess not field any responses for requests for additional comments as people come out of the woodwork, like what the fuck's going on here? Diaz's tweet had come after, uh, he had basically put out a blanket statement on his social media saying he's been trying to get a fight in for the last seven months. Now his UFC record, he's 20 and 13. He currently though is on the final fight of his contract whenever that fight occurs. Uh, but he's been in recent months showing a lot more frustration about some shit, uh, Dana White was asked about him earlier uh, in the year, last month or earlier this month, and he thought there was a good chance the company would sign Nate to another exclusive deal. Uh, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen now. Uh, the Stockton boy here hasn't had a fight since he lost uh, last summer, and I'm trying to remember who the fuck he even fought. It was in the welterweight division. So that was... I don't even remember who the fuck he fought. Uh, now the rumor mill goes that the UFC did offer him a fight since June. But Diaz declined the fight. Uh, so, uh, anyways. But... Uh, Nate's been Nate's been part of UFC since uh, 2007, I think 2008, all pretty much exclusively. Uh, he was a contester on one of the Ultimate uh, Fighter seasons, uh, and of course he had he had a he had a hell of a fight with Benson Henderson about a decade ago. God, I haven't, that's not, I haven't thought about Benson Henderson in a long time. Henderson was a hell of a... Anyways, uh, of course, Nate's most widely known for his two fights with Conor McGregor uh, in 2016. You know, that's one of the biggest fights in, in MMA history. The 
the rivalry, the two fights with Conor McGregor. Um, so anyways, um, there was one other thing I wanted to mention, but I don't think I'm going to. Kurt's not here, sadly. So it's just, uh, like I said, uh, the whole purpose of these podcasts here every week, you know, we'll just get in here and talk a little news of the day, news of the week, sports, the world, whatever, story time, just shoot the shit. Basically, it's just getting miles out of the podcast. I can't stress that enough. You know, our rotation for the longest time was every two weeks. Uh, every Saturday night on kid-free weekends or on Fridays before I went and picked up the kids. And uh, so we're basically we're averaging two episodes a month. And I just, I, I got to a point now where I just want to start putting more out. Kurt's getting excited. I'm getting excited. Oh, fuck, I forgot. So I want to give a little shout out, little plug, and I'm going to tweet this out on social media later and put it on Facebook. If you guys get a chance, and I and I really mean this with 100% honesty, check out the After Two Beers podcast. After Two Beers, it's a it's a guy and a gal, and and basically the format of the show is this: After Two Beers. Then they press record and they talk about all kinds of stuff. This and that they are an Indiana based podcast as well. Uh, about three and a half hours away from me and Kurt, uh, Northeast, uh, not far from the Ohio line up in Richmond, Indiana. And these guys have had some traction. These guys, these guys have had some traction. They've got a nice following. They're small. These guys have had some big name fucking guests. Adam Carolla has been on this podcast. Yes, that Adam Carolla. Brad Williams, the little person comedian. Yeah, he's been on this podcast. Still not impressed. Uh, actor TJ Miller, the guy that played the bartender in Deadpool, played in Transformers, Office Christmas Party. That guy, TJ Miller, hell of a comedian actor. No, not satisfied. What about Jeremy Piven? Jeremy Piven, he's, he's won a Golden Globe. He's an Emmy Award winner. Honorage, that Jeremy Piven. The guy where they, the movie, I can't remember the movie name, they flipped the car lots. Jeremy Piven, okay, still not satisfied. What about Nikki Glazer, the hot blonde comedian? Had her own Netflix special, Good Friends with Amy Schumer. Yeah, that, that, these guys. So these guys here, they're small time enough to where they can still claim to be small time, but they're following and their, their guest list begs, you know, I I don't know. It's different. They claim to be small time. They maybe have a, a a small time, like mindset, but they're growing. They've got a tremendous following and a guest list that I would kill to have. Kurt and I even haven't even had a guest, but that's going to change because see recently, um, I've been checking out after two beer and seriously guys, check out the after two beers podcast. You can find them on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, they've got a dot com. Uh, you can get them anywhere you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Apple, 
Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, we've sort of began a kind of an infatuation relationship with each other. And I have checked their stuff out. They follow me on Facebook. They follow the podcast uh, on Twitter. They follow me personally, my personal Twitter account, at the Atkins Asylum again, by the way. And uh, I've been tweeting them. This, this just started a month ago. It, it all started as a half-assed joke where I was like, man, I'd kill to have your guys' traction. You guys are, you know, Indiana-based. Of course, they're three and a half hours away. I said, we need to do an Indiana collaboration sometime. Me and Kurt take a road trip up there, meet you guys, or we meet halfway or somewhere. And they said, sure, love it. And I was kind of whatever. Well, Kurt's been putting the pressure on me about that. Like I said, Kurt's 51 years old. Never thought he'd ever be a podcaster. He gets more excited. He pushes me. In the beginning, I was pushing him. Now he pushes me to get shit done because he's excited. So Kurt's been hitting me up about, what's going on with this after two beers thing? When are we going to get something done with that? So I, I kind of stirred the pot last night and I said, we need this Indiana road trip collaboration. We need to get together. They're like, send us a DM this week. So now I don't know how this is going to go. In my mind, how I see this going is on a weekend, I don't have the kids. Me and Kurt drive up there and uh, I bring all my equipment because my equipment's all mobile, you know, I just need plugins, plug a couple things in the mics, everything's movable, $700, equipment. It's all movable. And I can be set up with everything in 10 or 15 minutes. I don't know how they would do it, but I'm assuming it would, I would, what I would like to happen is we go up there and maybe we're a guest on their podcast talking about anything. And then when they're done, it's like, all right, I'll roll tape. Get a couple extra mics or use their mics. I got four ports. Plug in four mics. Plug in four headphones. And you know what? Let them get in there and start being a get. And it's a, it's all about the rub. It's all about the piggybacking off each other. It's it's about me and Kurt being grateful that somebody who still claims that they're kind of small time, but yet with a guest list like that and a following and traction like they have, that's not a small time podcast. That's big time. That's big shit. We're talking thousands of downloads a month, whereas me and Kurt only managed a few hundred downloads a month. These guys are managing thousands of downloads a month, maybe even thousands of downloads every episode. But us being affiliated with them and us being on their podcast or them being on our podcast, it's only going to make things better for me and Kurt. I have busted my ass trying to build this steel toes and scoreboards brand. And it's a lot of sports. It's dominated by sports, but that's why there's two facets to this because, you know, this is 90% of the shit is sports. And the other 10% is the other shit we talk about during the day on the shop floor while we're working. We talk about failed relationships. We talk about Kurt's past. We talk about my past. We talk about my suicide attempt three years ago. We talk about my divorce, Kurt's divorce. We talk about vintage guitars, vintage cars, mushroom hunting, coyote humming, um, a lot of shit. And I really feel like with me building the brand and putting in the work that I've put in, this right here could be the thing that takes us from the first level where we've been for 10 months 
to the second level. And then we sat there at the second level for a while. And, uh, anyways, so I'm really excited about that. Super excited about that. I'm going to get in touch with them guys later this week and go from there. Trying to think if there's anything else. Because I done went through all my notes that I had on my paper. Um, do, 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 do. I guess not. I guess that, that pretty much wraps it up then. Um, like I said, these are small episodes. We, we never really have a time limit on our episodes, but I told Kurt for purposes, these would be the easy listening type stuff where we're an hour, hour and a half tops. We're a little over an hour five minutes now i don't know how good the auto quality is going to be you know like i said i was too lazy to set up all the equipment so you know i'm recording this right through the Podbean app again headphones and the cell phone but uh kurt will be back with us next week hopefully we have two episodes next week we do another weeknight files and um yeah and then, of course, the big one, what I feel will probably be one of our best episodes we've done to date, the top 25 point guards of all time, which will be recorded next Saturday. So, I guess with that, I'm going to bow out, guys. So, um, I hope you guys had a good time. And we will thank you guys for listening.